Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Cam. We've got a lot of things to unpack over the course of the program. A report that Steph has a very strategic, humble, brilliant way to surpass LeBron James on the old ring count. Give you a hint. His solution rhymes with D. Does that rhyme with KD? I don't think it does. It's KD. That's his solution. We'll hit that in about 15 or 20 minutes. I love grudges. I'm all about holding grudges. I don't collect many things. I don't garden. I don't tend to a lot of things. My wife has the cat. That's not really my responsibility. But I collect grudges, and I hold on to them, and I water them, and I plant them, and I think they're beautiful. Derek Jeter is still mad at A-Rod all these years later. A-Rod is not going to get a, a, a friendship basket like so many lucky folks around New York City were reported to have done during Jeter's uh, single days. We've got a live programming alert coming in 20 minutes. We've got a segment specifically for Tom DeCelestino, the executive producer of the show, at CBS. Very excited about it. He's not excited about it. That has me even more excited about it. Clay Thompson... By the way, I'm a big Clay Thompson fan, big Warriors fan. Uh, Clay gets 100% the idea of criticism wrong, goes off on the media, so that I'm sure will bring out the best of me. Jeff Zilgit, my buddy, covers the NBA for USA Today. We'll be on the program in an hour. We'll do buy or sell. And because I'm off tomorrow, got these, these, uh, this summer holiday schedule thing going on, we'll do bum of the week today. We'll do it a little bit early. And I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm just reading the room here. I think D-Cell might want to nominate me. I think he's not liking the live program alerts, and we're going to give him that freedom to do that. If you want to call us, 855-212-4CBS. Twitter, SportsRider, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. You know it's not a, um, a really impressive way to, to pick up a woman at a bar? To stroll up to her and look her in the eye and say, Hi there, I'm extremely desperate and sad and don't think I have a lot of value. Any chance you want to spend some time together? It doesn't work. I was at a pretty hip and cool bar last night with my brother, and it took us a little while to get in. It was a cocktail bar. It was really cool, a lot of good-looking people, and none of them were giving off the, uh, the, the strategic attempt to, to have some social time together through sheer sadness and desperation. So maybe, maybe the new commissioner of the Big 12, Brett Yormarker, his name is Yormarker, like you're going to make your marker? Yormark. See, I even I went further. Your mark. I've already forgotten his name. I'm so unimpressed with him. That's what happens. If I go up to a woman at a bar, and I wouldn't because I'm married, but if I didn't say, hi, I'm Bill, and I'm really lonely and insecure and don't think anyone likes me, would you like to hang out? She would say, no thanks, Tim, and turn the other direction. And that's what I did with Brett Yormark, whose name is Yormark, and not your marker. I'm going to play you a clip here, and this is real. I'm not making this up. Big 12 Media Days. I want to set it up first. You're going to hear the incoming commissioner of a power conference begging for business, begging for help. 
looking to survive. And this is the takeaway of this entire next 11 minutes of radio. And everything you're going to hear, we'll get into Mike Gundy too and his perspective. You reap what you sow. And the consequences of the greed and the hypocrisy and the lies that college sports have fed us for a long time are coming home to roost. They just are. Some of you love college football. Diesel is one of those guys. I really like college football. I have trouble sometimes separating all college sports from the, – it's the same issue I have with the Olympics and, and the same issue I have with the World Cup. When I know a governing body of something is corrupt and full of it and hypocritical and lies to me all the time, it is hard for me to enjoy the beauty of the sport, especially when the sport is absolutely in mere opposite and juxtaposition to all of that hypocrisy. People talk about the NFL and the greed and Roger Goodell makes $70 million a year and the owners don't care about the players and how many times have players come on this show and other shows in the National Football League and said that one of the big lessons they learned is that, is that they don't love you back. The team never loves you back. It's a business. But I'm down for that. Everybody's on the same page. I understand what I'm watching. I understand what, I, what I've got. It's a system built on money. Hypocrisy is corrosive. Being forced to work anywhere and do anything where you're told to have value A while the people in charge have the opposite value is eventually going to lead to problems. I have zero sympathy for the Big 12 falling apart. Looking around and realizing maybe we don't have enough schools to survive. Seeing the Big 10 taking in a strategic triumph of greed, it's of greed, UCLA and USC. Seeing the SEC, and this obviously happened many, many moons ago, and it hasn't gone through yet. It's another season to go. Oklahoma and Texas. I watched Game of Thrones, and that show was terrible in the last episode, but it was big for a long time, and it's a good reference point. If you're watching a show where everybody's trying to get power, and there really is no morality, it's about power, it's hard, it's shocking, but it's hard to feel really surprised or bad when some people don't survive. The Big 12 engaged in a Game of Thrones-like contest with all the other power conferences, and they are going to get carved up and butchered up like the Pac-12 has. And how do I know that? Because, Brett, your mark, the commissioner of that conference, sounds like that pathetic dude at the bar begging anyone, someone, will anyone go home with me, just looking for help. We're exploring all options, and we're open for business. And optionality is good, and we're vetting through all of them. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. People understand the direction of the Big 12. And we're exploring those levels of interest. Nothing is imminent, but we're working hard to make sure that we position the Big 12 in the best possible way on a go-forward basis. I used to work at the Kansas City Star. That fine newspaper is in Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri is the epicenter in some ways of the Big 12 and and, and certain parts of, of Texas. That city has hosted Big 12 Media Days many, many, many times. I have been to many of those. Do you know what in the good old days those were about? Before greed became so out of hand that universities started to steal schools from other conferences in a power play to survive and build up their money and their brands and their their bankrolls, they talked about football. They talked about the incoming season. They talked about the excitement of matchups and where they thought they fell in the championship picture depending on what the process, BCS, and now college football playoff. It was a football conversation. That was the interesting thing that came out of these conversations and, and these moments of the media. Not anymore. There's a lot of talk still, and I understand it. People talk about NIL and college football is basically professional football. Now, I think, actually, Ross Tucker made that point yesterday. And it's true. It, it is. But it's good. It should be. 
if you don't believe me that football, collegiate football is a business, if you want to hold on to the idea that conferences matter, that tradition matters, and by the way, I'd love those things to be true. I really would. I really would. I'd love to believe a lot of things in the universe. I'd like to believe that our elected officials on both sides of the aisle always operate in the best interests of the people who elected them. I'd like to believe that of the weddings that I've gone to, and please, friends of mine, stop inviting me. I don't need to go to any more weddings. It's so much commitment. That all of those weddings are going to end in blissful marriage that lasts forever. But we know the stats. It's a coin flip. It's a co- And look, I, I might be the guy who sits with my wife and goes, this one's not going to make it. Congratulations, Jerry! You did great. There's, I'll give him a year. She's definitely cheating on him already. I'd like to believe a lot of things. I'd like to believe someday D-Cell's going to watch TV shows and find a little joy in that. And I'd certainly like to believe that college sports still are inspired by the values and the reality of the traditions that made college sports so incredible 20, 30, even 10 years ago. I'm 44 years old. I understand for a lot of you, college sports have this really special place where sports and your own experience at a university or your dad's experience there or your mom's just living in an area or just growing up and deciding I'm going to be a fan of this team where that mattered beyond just what happened on the field. You felt some connection to the culture. It's over. It's done. It's a business, and businesses are about money. And if you don't believe me, listen to Mike Gundy here. and just He's going to talk about basically having two universities in the meetings it shouldn't be, but he's not discussing this in like strategic terms and, you know, I'm, I don't want them to be taking place. He's going to be talking about a corporate takeover. This sounds like a guy who's on the board of Walmart who's talking about the fact who the board members are going to target in three weeks and they're going to take some of our trade secrets. This is business talk here. This is Game of Thrones talk. This isn't sports talk from a football coach, a major football coach in the Big 12. It's interesting. We go to conference meetings and OU and Texas are in there. They're still in the conference, um, but I'm guessing when they leave, they're scratching down things that can help them with their SEC. So it is a, a, an unusual situation. Uh, I think there's a business side of it that um, nowadays people say it is what it is, which 10 years ago, they might not even let them in the meetings. Right. But I think the world's changing and people are like, yeah, they made a business decision. Uh, so, you know, the new commissioner, I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't let OU in Texas in any meetings. Right. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I, I, I see a friend of mine, Del Conte's a friend of mine. I don't, they may be taking notes and running over here and telling them. I don't know what they're doing. You know? I mean, uh, I, I, but more importantly, they know I, what the Big 12 is doing. I say that jokingly, but I don't know. I mean, if, so if you're strategically in a business meeting uh, and you're in the same, uh, if it's two cell phone companies, I don't want somebody from their company and my company, if I have new software and new technology, I don't want them to go develop it. I want to develop it. So, you know, I, I say that kind of jokingly, but really it's almost business as usual. Everybody gets along and they don't worry about it. Business as usual. Mike Gundy telling you. Their phone company. Oklahoma State football phone company. Verizon competing against Sprint. I really had trouble... Searching there for, for a second phone company there for, for a second. My brain's firing all cylinders today. I, I come from big, the Big 12. I went to Missouri. I went to Mizzou. I know they're in the SEC. It's not my experience. Probably feel a little displaced from my experience. I don't care about the SEC on a personal level. I do on a professional level. I mean, the, obviously, the football side is incredible. But my personal connection to my university feels kind of severed. The experience, I, I'm a bit, but I come from Big 12 country. That's where I'm from. That's my deal, at least my college life and beyond. And I have no sympathy for the fact that the Big 12 is a wounded 
warrior on a battlefield where people are, are going at each other. Pac-12 is probably going down. The Big 12 is, is wobbly. And the goal is not to survive, quote-unquote, by pulling in Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa, and Southwest Texas Almost Community College, and whatever other schools you can cobble together. No disrespect to Loris, where I had my, my uh, prom, and the other one, which I made up. But just finding random programs to fill the quota to kind of limp along isn't the deal. You're not a power conference if you don't have powerful programs, and power conferences are done. That's what's been displaced and replaced by super conferences. There's a power five now, but there's going to be a super one or a super two or a super three or whatever it is, and they're going to dominate and they're going to dictate. And for me, and I, a lot of the headlines today, which just annoys me because Mike Gundy annoys me, are Gundy speaks truth. Gundy stands up for Big 12. This is the same guy. I'm a rich man, and I'm 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 40. Come after me. I'm rich. This guy makes seven and a half million dollars a year. Like, where does he think the money comes from? Do, 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 does he think it, it literally like they 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 cracked the code and the scientists at the university found a way to grow trees and have money on them? Which is the dumbest expression. Money doesn't grow on trees. No kidding, Dad. No, oh, sorry, Dad. Hope Dad's not listening. He's on the West Coast. A little early for him. It's a business, and the Big Twelve is suddenly finding out what it is to have that boomerang effect hit them. The way the NCAA and its institutions and its conferences, including everybody in the Big 12, treated student-athletes for years has boomerang back on some of the conferences. Not all of them. The SEC is sitting high on the hog. They're going to be fine. Saban can go up there from his podium, and I love it, and be super honest, from the, most, from the strongest position in college sports because he built it. And, and give the Big 10 credit. Credit in the same way you would Michael Corleone. Not sure that's how I want to raise my kids, but a pretty good like power boss if you know if you're in the mafia and like you hope that's the side that you're on. The Big Ten's power move, USC, UCLA, that LA market, game changer. They're not just going to survive and thrive. They're going to get Notre Dame and they're going to be fine. But for years, the Big Twelve and all the schools in the Big Twelve, again, my conference, the conference I was at when I was at the University of Missouri when they were a part of the Big Twelve, conference that I, I've written about, my like, and I respect, and I root for. They were a part of the system where they didn't let student-athletes transfer. Student-athlete didn't make the team and he thought his career was or wasn't going to start and his career was endangered. We don't care. Student-athlete's mom got sick and just needed some help. And the son needed to be closer to the mom. These are true stories, by the way. Too bad. We don't care. It's a business. You're not leaving. Tough you-know-what. Student-athlete goes across the country, gets recruited by a slick-talking coach, and is homesick. It happens. I just He's miserable. He misses his girlfriend. He misses his friends. Life isn't working out. He's depressed. It's pretty hard to be a successful student-athlete when you're miserable and you hate your life. I know a lot of kids that have chosen college as not athletes hated it. Sad, miserable, transferred somewhere else, off and running. No, it's a business. You don't, you're, under a con, you're basically under a contract. You're not leaving. They treated these student-athletes as pawns, as chips, as tools to make money. They use the language of loyalty and brotherhood and family and turning young people into men. And football can turn all this guard and academics and higher education. Not just education. Higher education. They use these words and these really like actually honorable concepts as hypocrites to make money. And I'm supposed to now that it's boomerang back on the Big 12. I'm like, whoa, whoa, where's the Big 12? Like, where, where's the loyalty? Where, where's, I don't understand. What, where, 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 where's like the... You know, we're institutions, and, and, and I thought we were talking, you know, wink, wink about the fact that we're all in this together in higher education. I mean, there's a, no, man, it's money. It's always been money. And while you were 
hoodwinking, expression we came up with yesterday, we come up with it, we, we cracked the code, 17-year-old kids, you were getting outfoxed by your so-called friends and colleagues. I got zero sympathy for college sports. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. And that's just a last proof of this. Even Gundy acknowledged in this conversation, as if this isn't significant, that the very players they're recruiting don't have the slightest idea who's in what conference or who has what rivalry. Recruiting for us hasn't really changed a lot. You know, it's interesting with, with young people now, uh, it, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You, you, you might be able to take a poll of the top 250, 300 recruits in the country and ask them if they know, for example, you could throw out um, what conference is Purdue in or what conference is um, Wake Forest in. And I would say there's about a 50% chance they might not even know what the conference is. Um, young people live in certain worlds today, and um, essentially they want to know what you as a university and athletic department, as a football team and a coach, can do for them. That's, that's what they're interested in. So f- other than that, our recruiting hasn't really changed since, those, since the uh, conference realignment. Don't bring your anti-NIL garbage to me. I couldn't think of a better word. Don't bring it to me. These universities care about one thing. That's themselves. They're cannibalizing each other in the pursuit of more money, more glory. The system was, I don't think it was fine for college athletes, but the system worked. Everybody made money. Everybody survived. And yeah, the SEC is going to make more, and the Big Ten is going to make more, and they're going to have all this power. And you know know what the consequence is going to be? The actual long-term ability for a lot of programs that see themselves as football schools to be football schools that even remotely matter. You can make all your Kansas jokes that you want, because I went to Missouri and I found them funny. But you think Kansas football, it hasn't really existed the last 20 years, is going to exist in some new conference that they can't survive? We think of Oregon State. If Oregon State is in the equivalent of a secondary conference, do you think they're going to have any hope to compete even sometimes? They're not. This isn't college basketball. There's not some NCAA tournament where if you get hot and you have one stud, you can kind of make a run and convince your fans you're doing the right thing as an athletic department. And I have zero sympathy for these guys. They made their bed. They got to sleep in it. When you're a hypocrite, when you put money above the values you purport to, 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 to cherish. Really, it comes down to this. When you utilize something important and valuable and meaningful and you use it to enrich yourself with the exact opposite values of what you claim to support, when you're the NCAA and it's, it's, member, it's members, you're going to have some of these chickens come back to roost. You're going to have a little bit of a boomerang effect. Some people are going to make it. I've watched Game of Thrones. Some of them just make it. Good guys, bad guys. Not everybody is. So the Big 12, zero sympathy for you, even though I come from that part of the country. 855-212-4CBS if you want to give us a call. Uh, we'll get into the Jeter-A-Rod feud. I love this so much. Man, Jeter hates Alex Rodriguez. It's amazing. And A-Rod's like, yeah, I apologized, but I don't apologize. It's pretty incredible. Uh, we'll get into a little Steph Curry rumor. And I've got a live programming alert that Tom DeCelestino is going to love. And by love, I mean hate. It's next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you're listening to the writer than you podcast what are you talking about i've memorized brett your your marker stalker faces name perfectly your mark. The guy's name is your mark. Like you're going to make your mark on the Big 12 by going out there and begging. All right. Uh, dear audience, thank you for listening. Appreciate you. So I want to give you a little insight into the D-Cell uh, writer, that's me, relationship. But we're going to do it through what to sell. D-Cell said what? It's writer than you's. What to sell? We're just going to recreate what happened four minutes ago. Let's go. Let's just do it exactly the same way. Hey, Bill, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Um, I don't know. Which one do you think? Uh, let's go with the bad yeah. news All first. Right, bad, bad news. Tiger Woods, who you know teed off right as we went on the air about 20 minutes ago today at the Open. Yep. Double bogey. Ooh. Took a six on hole number one. That is that is terrible news. Yeah, we're both big fans of Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger Woods watch today. Not off to a great start. That is not a great. That is actually a bummer. I love Tiger. All right, well, what's the good news? Uh, I have no good news That's... for you at all whatsoever. <laughs> this is what happened to me. I'm like, what the, what the sell, bro? All right, uh, yeah, I lied. No good news at all. all right, you can turn the music off. That's it. It's the world's shortest what to sell. Uh, I do have a live. It's perfect, though. I have a live programming alert for you. Live programming alert. We're going to do a segment called Make to Sell Do That or Make to Sell Do Something. Oh, come on. Yeah, it'd be great. So so we did this not to, like, cite other people who used to work on the show, but I'm going to. Um, 
I once gave Adam Klug, who used to produce here, and now is a, is an exec, he's a sorry program director in San Diego, not executive producer down there. I we assigned him a show called. So he was like, like he wouldn't watch any of the shows that I watched either. Apparently, I have terrible taste. No one does. And so there was some critically acclaimed show called Dark, I think, on Netflix. I didn't really want to watch it, so we we just kept giving him a hard time until he watched it. It turned out it was in German. But he watched three or four episodes <laughs> and then gave the greatest review. It was so fascinating. Are you and basically giving me a book report on a TV show? It's, it can be experiences. Stuart Kovacs had never been to a movie, so we assigned him to go to a movie. And then he pretended to go to a movie. He sent screenshots of, of the, the generic th- Google image. He's like, I'm here. And I, I literally – I was in L.A. at the time. Like, me too. And sent back the exact same thing that I got from Google Images. So you're going to love it, dude. It could be dinner in the city with your wife. It could be – Friday Night Lights season one, finish it. It could be, you know, don't roll your eyes at your host. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It'll be a great, you're going to love it. And then what, I'm going to get quizzed on it? No, you're going to do like, it is a book review. It's 100% a book review. It's going to be <sighs> awesome, dude. Yeah, for you and Bogish. You, what, what inspired this is before the show, I gave you a Jerry Maguire line that you couldn't give me. I mean, if you can't give me a Jerry Maguire line, <laughs> then I've just let you down. Like, I've seen the movie, but like you get so frustrated with me because, like, uh, to peel the curtain back even more between the Bill Ryder, D-Cell mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah. Hey, D-Cell, I got a movie quote for you here. You, you'll definitely get this one. I know you know this one. You give me said quote, and I have no idea. I got nothing. But I've seen Jerry Maguire. I'm just not movie quote guy. Help me help you. Help me help you. I mean, dude, that's that is like saying what are the three colors in, in the American flag? If you're like red, white, and purple, we gotta talk about it. We got no. It's actually not purple. Beautiful though that color happens to be. By the way, it's it's less of um. You produce the show. You bring me information. You help me. I love that. I'm going to produce your life a little bit, just like a small <laughs> level of production. I appreciate that you think or you know that I need a lot of help in that area. Not a lot. That's why it's going to be a a, 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 a rarely occur once a month occurring segment. Once every two months. Although the problem is the catch twenty two is is that make D cell do something. I need the imaging. But the also thing I need to, includes that Diesel I need to, has to do something the, else. I have to make it the imaging first, which is, yeah, which is to put together the fancy words. Um, what would be the first thing I would – let me ask you this. Let's turn the tables. You could assign me something. Make Bill do something. What are you making me do? It can't be – I'm not going to say you have to fly to Qatar Qatar, and, 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 and check out what the venue's like for the World Cup. It can't be that – it can't be ridiculous or expensive. Well, I had a good one, but I don't know how expensive it would be. All right, give it to me, and we'll just we'll, we'll we're going to workshop this. See, we're team team D sound, team writer. This this may entail more work for me, but I think it would be worth it in the end. I want you to do a Q and A and interview with the great Albert Pujols and ask him about his All Star Game experience this year. That's I mean that's I mean come on now. Enjoyable for me, I would love it. Book him. Sounds good. Get him on the show. We'll do a Q and A. It's called it's called a radio interview. This is backfired in less I'm, than ten I'm in. seconds. I'm in. You're, less you know than what? ten seconds. I stand corrected. Why don't you? I bet you could get Pujols. I bet you could get him. Or or maybe you can go to the All Star Game next week. It's gonna be difficult. Probably. It's gonna be difficult for me to do that. All right. Well, we're gonna get to to Steph going after a secret weapon, 
and Jeter A-Rod, which I still want to do. We're going to do that. We also got to get into a little a little clay. I guess we're going to have to cram three things in one segment, Diesel. Are you excited about that? Uh, always excited to do that. I'm also going to find a, a movie line for you, and I'm going to... All right, I got one. I got a, I have a really easy one. This I is the already easiest. don't know it. I don't yes, you know do. it. Yes, you do. Are you ready? I, you know this. It's the easy. If you don't know this, we've got major problems. We have major problems. No, we're good. Yes, I promise. The, leave the gun, take the cannoli. I'm going to say the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, ding, ding, see, ding, like, ding. You're in my head. I knew that one right away, but you made me hesitate. Actually, no, that's the, that, that's the Smurfs movie. No, it's the Godfather. <laughs> uh, all right, 855-2124-CBS. Jeter still hates A-Rod. Steph is willing to forgive KD. And Clay doesn't know what he's talking about. All that coming up here on Rider Than You and my movie aficionado friend, Tom DeCelestino. You crushed it, brother Godfather. After we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Erica Herskowitz. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. So there's a pretty intense, thorough Derek Jeter documentary coming out. What's it called? The Captain, Diesel? Can I, can I give you my incredibly unpopular opinion when I worked in the offices of CBS Sports Radio, which shares space and is colleagues with people at WFAN, also an Odyssey station, and everyone there is a New Yorker. I always thought Derek Jeter was one of the most overrated players in baseball history. Probably wrong, but I'm not the kind of guy that would be inclined. You're a Mets fan. Am I wrong? Boy, this is a, this is a tough one for me. He's a great player. As I got older, I appreciated him more. But it was ironic because when I started to do that, his play declined because he was getting closer to 40. I did not appreciate him being in New York as a Mets fan right? for what he was. A great player. Great player, clutch, great leader, incredibly classy, uh, carried the mantle. I mean, that those pinstripes are heavy, right? I mean, it's, 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 that's not an easy thing to do. But I'm not someone who would be – I only say that to say this. I'm not a guy who's inclined – to consume a lot of Derek Jeter content. And by the way, I also think I think Kobe Bryant's the most overrated player maybe in NBA history. And I happen to think Kobe Bryant's probably the 8th or ninth or 7th or 11th best player of all time. So people hear me say that and they freak out. You, you suck, writer! And I'm just saying he's not number one. He's not number two. And I think for, for both those guys, part of the reason that they are regarded, 
right? All-time greats who are regarded higher than they should be and therefore overrated, rated higher than they should be, is because their incredible Hall of Fame transcendent abilities in their respective sports was matched and enhanced in, in people's eyes by this amazing and real connection to a city. And, and not just any city, but New York and L.A., the two most vibrant places in the country that have huge influence on what everybody else talks about, sees, consumes. That's awesome. It does, but that's not, that's, not, that's not the metric, right? It's not a popularity contest. You're not, it's not homecoming king. Okay, I, again, say all that to say this. I'm in for the Derek, uh, for the Derek Jeter doc because they've got him and A-Rod being candid about their rivalry. I love beefs. I'm a huge fan. And, and you don't like confrontation, but you do like it when I get angry at people. Oh, I like when you're in confrontation. Yeah, yeah. Now it makes me cringe a little bit if you if you know if the audience could see my reaction. I yeah. personally hate being involved one on one in the confrontation. Here is what here is what made Derek Jeter mad back in the day. This is a sports illustrated quote from twenty years ago that A Rod gave to Scott Robb, who I actually know by the way. Scott Robb is the guy that wrote for Esquire that I believe wrote about LeBron's, what's the word I'm looking for, private parts, and then was banned from any Heat game ever again. Do you remember this? He wrote a book called The Whore of Akron about LeBron James. That's what it was called. That's the name of the book. And then LeBron went back to Cleveland, and Scott couldn't, I don't think, go to games. Okay, I don't know if that part's true, but here is what uh, A-Rod said. About, about Jeter when, when, when A-Rod was still with the Rangers in that massive contract. He's reserved, quiet. Jeter's been blessed with great talent around him, so he's never had to lead. He doesn't have to. He can just go and play and have fun and hit second. I mean, you know, hitting second is totally different than hitting third or fourth in a lineup because you go in New York trying to stop Bernie and O'Neal and everybody. You never say, don't let Derek beat you. That's never your concern. All right, that's old stuff. Let me just ask you this before we get to Jeter's response. Is it really that bad compared to the stuff guys say today? No, compared to what's said in I mean, 2022, no, it's not that bad. And I think there's a little truth in it. Do I yeah. think it's a little a little harsh? I do. But there's there's a lot of truth in it. The guy's got a future in TV, which he did, by the way. So 20 years later, Derek Jeter's asked about it, and he's still mad. Here's part of his response in the doc. Which I'm, I guess I'm going to watch. Is it a multi-part thing? Is it one of these like 41 parts? Seven-part docu-series. Okay, I'm not watching a seven-part docu-series. I'll watch like one and a half part. I'll do. I'll pull a decel on this. Here's Jeter's response about A. Rod's comment. In my mind, he got his contract. So you're trying to diminish what I'm doing, maybe to justify why you got paid. When you talk about statistics, mine never compared to Alex's. I'm not blind. I understand that. But we won. You can say whatever you want about me as a player. That's fine. But then it goes back to the trust, the loyalty. This is how the guy feels. He's not a true friend is how I felt because I wouldn't do it to a true friend. Whoa. He's still all mad. These, he hates the guy. These great athletes, they hold on to those grudges. I love grudges. They're so good for you. I think they're good for your health. I think a study said that once. By the way, um, <laughs> A-Rod talked to the New York Post. When that, when that came out, I felt really bad about it, they report. And he said that he was uh, – <laughs> They said, they said that uh, that uh, he said that he felt really bad. He apologized at the time, but then he also said it was a comment that I stand behind today. It was a complete tsunami. This is a Rod. It was one of the greatest teams ever. To say that you don't have to focus on just one player is totally fair. By the way, the same could be said about my team with the Mariners. We had Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, Jay Buner. If not someone, if someone said that, excuse me, about me, I'd be like, no bleep. Doesn't say bleep though. 
absolutely, you better not worry about me. So basically, it's a seven-part series. Jeter's beloved. They come to him like, hey, Jeter's still mad about this. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I felt bad. It's all true. It's all true. What an idiot. These guys hate each other. It's, it's amazing. And this is before they became teammates. Think about how icy that was in the yeah. clubhouse. Like, they did not like each other. So I used to work on the radio. I used to be um, a co-host with, with someone named Leanne Tweeden. Uh, Leanne did Poker After Dark. She's known, she's the person who alleged inappropriate behavior from Al Franken that had Al Franken step down as a, US, as a senator. She, um, she's, she was a model, I guess. She was a model. She did a bunch of stuff, okay? She was my radio host. She used to tell stories on the air. We used to talk. She's friends with Jeter. She used to go all the time and go to his golf thing. And she told a story, of, and just multiple stories, but I'll tell you the one about, about Jeter and A-Rod, that when Jeter would be at a party, right, he'd be, Charming and funny, and everybody would just be like, relax. And then A-Rod would come in, and he was awkward and weird, and Jeter clearly couldn't stand him, but that A-Rod didn't even know how to be social and interact with people. Now, I don't know if, you know, maybe Leanne's just friends with Derek and wasn't, you know, was just sort of throwing some shade, but that's another interesting consideration that maybe, De- and I'm not an Alex Rodriguez guy. Like, if she, you go Shaq Kobe, I- I'm Shaq. You go A-Rod, Jeter, is anyone A-Rod? Is there a person on the planet who's not his like, mom or dad or brother? Not even J-Lo. No, too soon? That was rough. <laughs> that was mean. Ben Affleck, I'll go. I'll go. I'll throw, I'll throw up some love. J-Lo, pass me the pass the salt. Is anybody going? But here's the thing. Here, so here's maybe a bit of sympathy and a bit of understanding. Maybe Alex Rodriguez is one of these guys that's just incredibly socially awkward. A lot of broadcasters are. A lot of really successful radio hosts and TV personalities. Not all of them. A lot of them are super charming. But you'd be shocked how many really talented people at being on all the time, right? I'm on. I'm on the radio. I'm on TV. I'm are incredibly, some of them are nice, too, just painful to talk to. Are just, are just, are just kind of awkward, right? Maybe, maybe A-Rod's just an awkward guy, man, who could play baseball at a really high level. Maybe we even give them, a, you know, a fair shake. I mean, it's possible. And a lot of these people that you're talking about that maybe Alex is included in, I mean, they're not doing it on purpose. I don't think they want to be awkward. Who's the most socially awkward person that works at CBS Sports Radio? Thank you for that. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. Do I have Other to, than me. Do I have Other to me. answer that? No, you don't have to answer anything you don't want. There's no pressure at all. I'd answer if I could think of who it is. Yeah, I don't really know. I think we're all awkward. <laughs> no, that's a that's a, a lot of guys in no. radio are awkward, especially DA's, on DA's, the production staff. Da super charming and cool and normal, right? I'm certainly not going to name an on air person. Samter, Mike Samter is a very charming guy. You know what? I'll go with Samter. I'll give you a name. He's not awkward. Mike Samter. Don't. <laughs> that's not. That's he's not. How <laughs> is Mike Samter? <laughs> you asked for a name and I gave you one. Mike Samter is the most awkward person in CBS Sports Radio. Final answer. <laughs> Regis, Regis, <laughs> Regis voice. Would you like a life? Final answer. Final. A- how is how is Mike Samter, who produces Maggie and Perloff and used to produce Tiki and Tierney, how is he socially awkward? I didn't say someone you would or wouldn't socialize with. I said socially awkward. Oh, yeah, oh, different, different, different. I didn't realize there was different. Yeah, okay. Is Shep socially awkward? I, I don't think so. I think he's just he, that's the, he's just Shep. He's like, hey, what's going? He's a talker. 
He, you look uncomfortable. He's a talker. Yeah, I would not classify him as socially awkward. Gelb, who I'll have beers with when I'm in town, like great guy to be around. A big, I'm a big Zach Gelb fan. Gelb's not not socially awkward. Um, Stu's not. I'm just trying to work my Maggie and Perloff. Both are like really cool, nice, normal people. Now, by the way, you can be socially awkward and, and and you know nice, normal, cool. I guess is you know I can. We got to come up with somebody. Now I feel like I owe you an answer. I mean, I gave you my best answer. Oh, Adam Klug might have been back in the day. Ooh, that's a good one. Adam's one of my best friends. I mean, I, like I, I I'm agree a huge too. Adam, I'm a huge Adam guy. He, and I'm, you know, he's also not going to hear this. And Bogus isn't here to tell tell on him. Like I told him on Bogus that. Do you remember that? That was awkward. When Bogus just started taking shots at Adam on the radio one time. Yeah, I kind of cringed at that one. All right, here, here's another thing. Um, Steph, according to Rick Buecher, who works for FS1. Steph Curry has been calling and recruiting Kevin Durant. And and look, Buker's like really good at his job. And how do I say this diplomatically? Well, how do I not be socially awkward here? I think Buker is to be paid attention to when he says something. But unlike certain people, right, he's more of a commentator than he is now a reporter, which is not to say he doesn't have reporting chops. He does. And I... I it's not like where it's Woj or it's Shams or it's even Sam May make it on my and I say to myself, hundred percent accurate. So I take it a little bit of a grain of salt that Steph is recruiting Durant. But the context of it I find really interesting. The context of it is that Steph wants just a cheat code to that fifth ring to pass LeBron. Which kinda makes sense. Here's my thing, DSL, you tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm Steph, I'm not bringing Kevin Durant back. And not just because, and more to the point, the Warriors, and and not just because of what transpired in the past. Like I'm not a big enough man to forgive Kevin Durant if I'm Steph Curry, but Steph Curry's obviously a bigger person than I am, and has in a much bigger man than Kevin Durant. I mean, just he just, and I respect that. I just I don't think I have that in me. I just mean from a strategic perspective, just trying to come up with a, an approach that leads to success. I think we saw that as much as Kevin Durant made them more likely to win year to year, he is unreliable in where he wants to be. And now, as about to be a 34-year-old, as a guy that hasn't been on the floor for 80 games in a, in a really long time, or 75 games even, or 72 games, and the depth you'd have to give up, and the amount of money that you're already going to be spending, and I understand a lot of people roll their eyes and say, oh, Jordan Poole, and it'd be, it'd be Poole, Wiggins, it'd be, be Poole, Wiggins, Wiseman, and or Kaminga, but I, they like what they saw from Wiseman in, in, in summer league so far, and I think I think Kaminga is going to be a stud. I'm not doing it, dude. I'm not. I'm not doing it. It's not me and my anti. I'm not an anti Kevin Durant guy. I just won't kiss the rings that Steph helped him win, and pretend that he's that he's basketball's you know gift from God to all of us mere mortals. I'm certainly not making the pitch like they did six years ago when Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph, it was the Hamptons, I believe, where they sat down with Kevin Durant yeah. and made this huge pitch to him. I'm certainly not doing that, but I got no problem with Steph Curry kicking the tires, maybe calling Durant, shooting him a text message. I, he, Steph Curry... We've been saying it, is playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. He knows KD makes them a better team, and I think, while he may never admit it, that Steph proved something to himself this season uh, yeah. in leading this Warriors team to a title. I just, I also just don't like the style of basketball that they play when Durant's out there. I mean, I know he's Kevin Durant. I know everybody that's in the NBA, every Warriors fan, every executive would roll their eyes. Like, you're, you've lost your mind. But... 
but I was right when I told you, and I told everybody, I'm just going to, the show's coming wider than you, I'm going to lean into that arrogance for a second. I knew the Nets weren't going to win. There are clips somewhere the Nets will never, ever, ever win a championship if, with Kyrie and, and, and KD, of me saying it again and again and again. And then Harden came in, same thing. They're never going to win one. And it was the same, like, what are you talking about? I know it's different in this case because KD's already done it. He's already, he's already won there. We know how that works, and the Warriors culture is so good. But I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. Are, are they going to win an NBA championship if they bring in Durant? Probably. Are they going to win an NBA championship if they don't bring in Durant? Probably. So why give up some of those young guys that have the potential? And maybe it's all Steph-centric and it won't work, but I think the potential to have some longevity to this operation. Why not have a real chance, not the same chance, a little bit less of a chance, but a really good chance to win the next two years without Durant than you would with him. Maybe it's 10% less, right? Maybe it's 5% less. But have a markedly better chance for the three or four years to follow with the opportunity that, that Wiseman and that, and that Moody and that Kaminga grow and evolve into really important players. I actually think Kaminga can be a star in the NBA. Like, I think he's good enough to be a, a great, potentially, a great player. I'm not giving that away. Not for a guy that's not a good teammate, who can't win away from the Warriors. Durant needs them more than they need Durant. Don't do it, Steph. Don't do it. I like this make D-Cell do stuff segment. Of course, you don't even do the stuff you promise. You're lost a bet and you won't take your shirt off. To be fair, maybe we all win. Maybe everybody wins. Uh, Jeff Zilgit joins me next year on uh, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 